case you've forgotten, I'm Norman. <laughs> I've been away, <laughs> but I'm back now, as the man said. Shall we just pray? Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that as we study your word, that you will speak to us, that we will listen and obey you. In your name we ask it. Amen. Can I have the first slide, please? Right. You may have noticed Christmas is over. I hope you've noticed Christmas is over. You should have by now. And maybe you're feeling a little bit like this character in the picture. It's all a memory, perhaps a slightly hazy memory for some of you. Um, but it's a memory. It's gone. The food's eaten. Well, almost all the food's eaten. The presents have been opened and some of them have probably been put away in cupboards to be discovered next year about this time. And you're getting, trying to get back into the, the normal routine of life. Um, perhaps you're struggling a bit with that. Perhaps you're finding it difficult to get back to the way things were before we had all this interruption of Christmas. And you're feeling a bit let down and it's all a bit of an anticlimax now that we're in well into January and everything's back to whatever we call normal. Maybe we're even feeling a bit sad. Uh, or maybe we're feeling even worse than sad. I don't know. What I do know is that it's a common feeling to be like that, especially after a very big and a great event like Christmas or a special celebration or whatever. And I think the disciples in the reading we've just had from John may have felt a little bit like that. Because if you read the first part of chapter 6 of John's Gospel, you, just, you read about another very famous thing that Jesus did, which was what is re often referred to as the feeding of the 5,000. But of course, there were a lot more than 5,000 people there, because in those days, they didn't count women and children for whatever reason. So a large crowd of people got fed. And the disciples were really closely involved with Jesus in that miracle because he asked them to give out the food and then he asked them to clear up the mess at the end. It was a great time. Everyone got very excited. In fact, some people got a little overexcited and wanted to make Jesus king, but that's another story. I am sure that the disciples were on a really a real high at that point, an emotional high. It was exciting to see all these people who'd been hungry and tired and possibly a little bit tetchy um, suddenly receive a meal. And it was a spiritual high because Jesus had taught them, and I'm sure they learned many good things as Jesus spoke. So at the end of that miracle and that day, they must have felt really good, really high. And maybe that was because, a little bit like some in the crowd who thought, now's the time we'll make Jesus king and those evil Romans will get kicked out and we'll be, things will be much, much better. Perhaps they thought a little bit like that. They thought, what's Jesus going to do now? Where are we, what's going to happen next? Something even better, we hope. And they thought, maybe also thought, well, let's go on like this. Can't we just go on being like this all the time? Can't it be Christmas every day? I think there's a song about that, isn't there? Um, can it be Christmas or whatever it is that makes us excited and feel good? Can't it be like that every day? 
And we've had similar experiences like that. I'm sure most, if not all of us, have had similar experiences to like Christmas or a special time in our own lives as Christians or part, as part of the church or with the family. Whatever it is, we've had something really good when we've known and felt God and seen God, literally seen God working in our lives and in the church. And we feel really good about it, and that is absolutely right. And we should feel about it, good about it, and we should be happy, and we should rejoice. And we also think, I suspect, it would be good if life could always be like this. But of course, we all know, and we learn quite early in life, that it isn't like that all the time. It isn't like that for us now, and it wasn't like that for the disciples. Because straight after all the excitement of the feeding of the crowd, they then had to go home. And of course, you didn't have a car in those days, there were no buses or trains. You got in the boat and you rowed yourself home, which in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing because quite a few of them were used to that. Their job was to go out on the lake and fish, so getting in a boat and rowing was, was fine. But a couple of things uh, that may have started to bring them down a bit was, first of all, Jesus didn't come with them. He told them, if in Matthew's uh, telling of the story that Tim mentioned, Matthew tells us that Jesus said, you get in the boat and I'll see you later. And they must have thought, okay, that's all right, but a little bit down. And then, of course, things got much worse because the weather turned bad and a storm blew up which apparently, from what I read, happens quite a lot there, and sudden storms blow up very quickly, and they had a real struggle to row across the lake. So they probably felt a bit down. They thought, Jesus, what's he doing? Where's he gone? And here we are, you know, pulling on the rowers and trying to get across the lake in this storm. Felt quite down about it. And we've all felt like that, I'm sure, after high points in our lives, whether it's Christmas or any other event. Maybe they even felt like blaming Jesus and saying to him, you don't care. We're out here on the lake in this storm struggling and you're over there somewhere doing whatever it is you're doing. And you've left us. Maybe the next, next slide, please. It's a bit like these guys, you know, down the rapids in the boat, left on their own with a lot of water coming in and um, hoping that there's no big rocks just underneath going to rip the bottom out of the boat. It's a, it's a tough place to be. But of course, Jesus was well aware of what was happening to the disciples. And he took action. He took very dramatic action. As we've heard, he came to them walking across the lake in the storm. Now that is pretty dramatic. And I think there were two, things, two reasons why he did this. First of all, he did it to reassure the disciples. He did it because he knew they were down, afraid, worried, perhaps even a bit angry. He knew they were struggling physically against the bad weather. And he understood their fears and their doubts because Jesus is a human being. And he knows what it's like to have emotions, to have those, that turmoil inside. He's experienced those sorts of emotions, and he knew that the disciples needed reassurance. So he came to them. But of course, he didn't just come to them in, in any ordinary way. He didn't sort of walk or run around the lake and wait for them as they came to land. He came across the lake, walking on the water. 
Now, I know if you've seen pictures of this miracle that people do, it's almost always Jesus walking on a flat surface. It wasn't like that, of course. The storm was still raging. So he's walking across a lake in a storm with waves all over the place. And the second reason he did this was to show them that his power is even greater than the power that he showed them when he fed the crowd. He was able to create food for thousands of people from what amounts to a boy's packed lunch for those days. He's also able to walk across stormy lakes. Perhaps the disciples thought, it can't get any better than this. We have an eternal supply of free food. How can it be any better than this? How can Jesus do something even more than this? And yet he walks across a lake in a storm. He was telling them, not only that he understood by coming to them, but that he is the living God, the creator and the ruler of the universe. He is capable of changing the rules that were set in place when the universe was created. Because normally people do not walk on water, as we know. But Jesus was able to do that because as the living and eternal God, he could change the rules. And he showed the disciples a little glimpse of that, not only when he fed the crowd, but he gave them another glimpse of it when he walked on the water. Now, we talked a little bit earlier about the feeling of anticlimax that we sometimes get after a great experience, like a really good Christmas or a particularly good thing that's happened to us as Christians, either individually or as a church. And maybe we're feeling a bit like that now, either as individuals or maybe we even feel a little bit like that as a church. There have been some great times in the past few years. Many of us have experienced them. We can think back to times of great rejoicing, great spiritual uplift, and emotional joy. Now we might think things are a bit different. We're a bit unsure. We're in this period when we're waiting to see what God's going to do. I think we can learn a lot about how to deal with the situation of uncertainty, of feeling a bit down of feeling the anticlimax. We can learn a lot about that from looking at this miracle. So could I have the next slide, please? And this one's on a build, so I'll ask you to do each one. Okay, could I have the first point up? If you just click it again, it should come up, I hope. Yeah, that's great. First of all, it's normal. Let's not ever think that we can always live on a spiritual and emotional high. We all know that, but it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking it can just go on being up there all the time. When that happens, it doesn't mean that we've failed or that God has deserted us. And that brings us to the second point. Can you click again? Because God does care. He hasn't abandoned us. The disciples in the boat may have thought, as I said earlier, that Jesus could have done a bit more for them. Maybe they thought he should have got in the boat with them right from the start, because there's another story about how he did that sort of thing. But he didn't. Or maybe he should have told them, just wait until I've gone and prayed or whatever it is he was planning to do. Then we can all go together. But again, he didn't do that. But he did care for them. He knew that they were in trouble, and he had no intention of letting them drown. He did something completely unexpected. Now the next one, please. 
he will act. He acted then in a way which they just didn't expect and was amazing and, in fact, terrifying, as we heard. And Jesus chose to demonstrate his power in that way. He can still do that now. He's still capable of acting in unexpected ways. Now, they might not be as dramatic as walking across a stormy lake, but we do know that he will act. The thing that we have to do is to be ready to recognize him. You remember it took the disciples, and we get that from other, other stories as well, it took the disciples a little while to realize that it was Jesus. In fact, at first they thought it was a ghost in one of the accounts. But after a little while, they did recognize him. They saw it was Jesus. And as we heard, uh, Peter himself was one of the first to, to, to recognize Jesus. And we have to be the same. We have to be ready to recognize Jesus when he comes. And be ready for him to come in an unexpected way. And of course, when he did come, they welcomed him and brought him into the boat. And the last one, please. So the disciples faced a tough time. It was stormy. They were struggling to row across the lake. And we have facing, maybe sometimes now we feel as if we're in tough times, whether it's personally or as a church. And we're sometimes uncertain and sometimes afraid. But like the disciples, we know that we can trust Jesus in any situation. Even if we can't always see what he's going to do or what the way forward is. But he is going to provide a way forward. He is going to come and be with us and lead us forward. Can you show the last slide, please? Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you have the power to walk on water, to intervene in any circumstance, in any situation. We ask that you would come now and help each one of us individually and as a church to understand how you are going to act in us and with us so that we might be with you and live to your glory. In your name we ask it. Amen.